Welcome to the Mindful Life Podcast. Join me, your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator, as I navigate living my best life with the intention to educate and raise the collective consciousness around the benefits of living a mindful life. Each week via the Mindful Life Podcast, I will bring to you a range of content, including special guests that explore mindfulness, mindset, and mental health. Are you feeling tired or are you under stress? Are you overloaded or just generally feeling overwhelmed? Well, I'm really excited to share a very special stress reduction tool that I've been using and recommending to my clients for a number of years. Calm is the number one app for meditation, relaxation and sleep. With over 21 million downloads and achieving the Apple App of the Year in 2017, Calm is so perfectly aligned with all that I do as a mental health professional and all that I teach here at the Mindful Life Podcast. It is the perfect stress relief strategy and the perfect mindfulness tool. The app has so many fantastic and easy to use features, including Daily Calm, a brand new 10 minute meditation every day, 100 plus guided meditations covering anxiety, focus, gratitude, and so much more. 80 plus sleep stories to settle the mind and relax the body. Exclusive music tracks for focus, relaxation, and sleep. Calm Masterclass featuring world-renowned mindfulness experts. My personal favorites include sleep stories, and I've recently discovered Calm Music, which I have on a continuous loop at my practice, in counseling sessions, and in classes. I also love the Calm Masterclass videos, which cover some fantastic topics, including gratitude, happiness, and mindful eating. And not to mention all the great features the app now offers for kids, including sleep stories, meditations, and lullabies. I'm so very excited to be partnering with Calm to bring you, my listeners, some amazing offers. Calm is so generously offering the Mindful Life podcast listeners a free four-week subscription to the Calm Premium app. All you need to do is head to the following link, calm.com forward slash calm health trial. That's calm.com forward slash calm health trial. And just follow the prompts to enjoy your free four-week trial of Calm Premium. You'll be feeling calm, relaxed and at peace in no time. The Mindful Life podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast was recorded. We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and thanks for joining me for episode number 29 of the Mindful Life podcast. In today's episode, I talk about my very successful kids mindfulness program and the highly unlikely positive relationship between ADHD and mindfulness practice. My kids mindfulness program is a combination of CBT, mindfulness and meditation practice and it's targeted at kids aged 6 to 12 years. It teaches children how to self-soothe, 
self-regulate emotions and self-manage stress. I've now been running this program at capacity for almost 12 months. This year I've had a bit of an influx of kids presenting with ADHD. My program is geared perfectly to help these kids, but it certainly is a challenge for all of us, as the very nature of ADHD means that kids with these difficulties struggle to be still, to be calm and to listen. But with persistence, commitment, rules and boundaries, and lots of positive reinforcement and encouragement, along with, of course, kindness and compassion. I've watched these often incredibly hard to reach children, little by little, find their calm and their stillness. My program has taught these children to slow down and to be present in this moment, which in turn has slowed down their internal world and assisted them to be less reactive and more at peace. Hi everyone, uh, thanks for tuning in. It has been a while between episodes. Um, I've been incredibly busy doing lots of different things. I've got a few uh, different and exciting projects on the boil at the moment. Uh, I've been busy running my adults mindfulness course. Uh, so I ran that uh, over May and also now over June. I always love running that. Um, I've been busy with the planning for my train the trainer course so that's the kids mindfulness train the trainer course since I began running kids mindfulness uh, almost 12 months ago now I've had some interest from other health professionals around selling my program that I've put together and it sort of never felt quite right uh, just selling the program so I had a bit of a think and I thought I would like to get the program out to other people, uh, other health professionals, because I quite often get uh, requests to run this program in different places, uh, usually after school. And of course, there's only one of me. So it's really hard to fulfill that request because I'm busy running my own kids mindfulness program here in Doreen. So I decided to put together a train the trainer program. So this program will train other health professionals, uh, perhaps psychologists, occupational therapists, uh, and others who have a special interest in working with children or skills and qualifications in working with children. So training them to deliver this program, my program, the Kids Mindfulness Program. So um, it's two days training, 14 hours in total, where I'll run them through the nuts and bolts of the program, how to deliver it, uh, and they will walk away with 20 program templates. So I'm more than happy for them to duplicate my program and add in their own flavour. So I've got someone who's, um, she's a kids dance teacher, so she will, I'm assuming, uh, inject her uh, dance training into her kids mindfulness program so that's something really exciting I've also got a sound healing therapist um, who I think will probably inject her sound healing her singing and her singing bowls and the therapy that she uh, uses with those into her kids mindfulness program so that's really exciting so getting that program out there uh, and I've also been nominated for uh, three awards, which is really exciting, um, in the Allied Health Awards. Um, and those are Social Worker of the Year, 
um, Allied Health Educator of the of the Year, and I think the other one is um, Allied Health Impact Award or something along those lines. So that's pretty exciting. Um, that these nominations have come about because of the work I do at my practice, the one-on-one work, the Kids Mindfulness Program and my Adults Mindfulness Program and my podcast as well. So uh, they will announce in July um, who the grand finalists are and then there's a special gala dinner in September here in Melbourne. So stay tuned. Um, I'm just really excited to be nominated um, just to get that recognition uh, is really something pretty mind-blowing for me. So today I thought I would talk a little more about my kids mindfulness program. Um, It's almost been running for 12 months uh, in July at the beginning of term three I will be celebrating 12 months of kids mindfulness. So this term my fourth term of teaching the program I feel on reflection has been the most enjoyable and really the most successful to date. And ironically, over the last two terms, so pretty much all of this year, I've had a bit of an influx of kids coming into the program who are presenting with ADHD. So I thought in this episode, I might uh, have a bit of a chat around the successes this program has had in managing kids um, who are presenting either with a diagnosis of ADHD or some of the um, the symptoms and the traits of ADHD. So as I said, a bit of an influx this year, I've had quite a few kids um, come on board who have ADHD. This has been a challenge for a number of reasons, but mainly because as we all know, most kids with ADHD cannot sit still for long periods of time and they have a lot of trouble listening and they can be quite defiant and oppositional and some also have trouble with emotional regulation and some lack in empathy but clearly these kids need what my program has to offer because their exact deficits so their exact difficulties are what we work on mastering every single session over my 10-week program So yes, it's a real challenge uh, working with these kids, but clearly these kids need to be here. My program uh, clearly can be helpful and can be beneficial for these kids. So what do I do? How do I engage these often hard to engage kids? The key has been short, sharp exercises and activities, along with implementing some really strict rules and boundaries. And the rules and boundaries and the short, sharp activities, that's across the board for all children in my program. No activity lasts for more than three minutes uh, other than our story and our final meditation. Kids usually can sit still um, for the duration of a story, so maybe sort of five minutes to seven minutes. And our final meditation is usually around five minutes. The rules are also constantly reinforced to the children. No talking when someone else is talking, including me or if someone else is talking. Stay on your mat unless the activity calls for you to hop off. And no touching others unless, again, the activity calls for it. I also make sure that there's some fun within the class. So it's not all about stillness and being quiet. We do partner yoga. We do breathing games and mindfulness games. Um... And I make sure that there's, there's a lot of interaction between the kids. We do quite a few team building activities. 
Um, so this is a good opportunity for kids to practice their social skills. So short, sharp activities. I think because no child can really sit still for 60 minutes, that's too high an expectation. And I think the reward system, I implemented this term, has also helped the kids who struggle with their stillness and their attention. So rolling with resistance is really important. The kids with attentional difficulties may say that they're bored or this is dumb or they don't want to be here. I don't take offence to that. I just say to the kids, look, it's good for you. Um, you know, this is something that you've got to keep practising and it will get easier. I use the gym analogy as well. I tell them that even as adults, um, you know, sometimes going to the gym, we don't necessarily enjoy it, but we know it's good for us and it makes it feel good. And I continue to normalise to the kids that stillness can be hard, um, even for adults. I constantly reinforce in my classes that mindfulness practice is like working a muscle. We must keep at it every day and little by little, it'll get easier and we'll see improvements. It's also an opportunity for learning for other kids. So when um, you know the kids with behavioural difficulties are displaying these difficult behaviours, um, I reinforce to the children in the group um, who aren't struggling that they need to practise patience and non-judgement and sometimes that it can take longer for others to settle. So it's a good opportunity to reinforce the practices of empathy and compassion. What I am continually finding is that the children who are compliant, the ones who can sit still, who can contribute positively and who can listen and be calm, these are the kids that are setting the standard. They're role modelling the desired behaviours. And after some time, the children who struggle um, with some of the behaviour, some of their, you know, the behaviours and um, who struggle to sit still and, you know, to be calm and to relax, these kids with reassurance, praise and encouragement will also begin to fall into line. So this is the beauty of group work. Children generally will conform to the highest common behavioural denominator. This is what we call positive peer group pressure. The behavioural modelling is so strong. And yes, I know it can go either way, but with continued positive reinforcement via praise and encouragement, and the implementation of, as I said, the reward chart this term, this has created a very calm and compliant environment. So I've worked in children's mental health now for 11 years, and these kids, um, they're generally so hard to reach. The kids with ADHD, oppositional behaviours, um, traditional therapies, one-on-one -on -one therapies, behavioural management therapies, quite often don't work and aren't that effective. So these kids tend to fall through the, the gaps and they can have low self-esteem and confidence and at worst, comorbid anxiety and depression. So what I've found is the group environment is the perfect environment for these kids to learn the valuable skills of stillness and being calm. So teaching these kids that they can be still, that they can be calm, even just for short periods, will slow down their internal world, will slow down their thinking mind. It will make them less reactive. With my continued support and encouragement in classes over the last two terms with these kids, who are mainly boys, I've noticed such great improvements in stillness, calmness, and reductions in reactivity and opposition. 
These kids are interrupting less and the opposition has markedly reduced. So as my relationship has grown with these kids, I've watched them soften and begin to open up and to trust and to share with the group. And the group in turn listens with kindness and empathy. So this is the power of group work, kids supporting and encouraging each other. It's amazing to watch. So my hope is that this stillness and this calm can be transferred into the real world and into the everyday life for these kids. And parents and teachers are reporting that this is the case. Slowly by slowly, little by little, these kids are improving and becoming less reactive at home and in the school environment. So this is really positive news. So this program, my Kids Mindfulness Program, I believe is an investment for the future. It's my hope and wish that Kids Mindfulness is equipping these kids to be more resilient and to live happy, healthy and more productive lives with confidence and that these kids will approach every day with kindness, compassion and gratitude. And that these kids, the kids in particular with ADHD, uh, will be less reactive and will be more able to manage their behaviour and uh, be more able to regulate their own emotions. So don't forget, I'm a Medicare accredited mental health social worker. So your child uh, may be eligible to access a GP mental health uh, care plan to cover the bulk of their fees. So if your child is struggling with any of the behaviours that I mentioned, that means your child will most definitely be eligible uh, to access a Medicare um, mental health care plan to cover the bulk of their fees. So a full fee of kids mindfulness is $230. That's $23 a class, 10 classes per term. If you access a Medicare referral, that will reduce uh, your fees significantly. So you will get back $190, which will bring the fee down to $40 per term or $4 a class. So it really is worthwhile accessing that mental health care plan for your child. And if your child does have NDIS funding and they are self-managed or plan managed, they can access this program and they can receive full funding. So please make contact with me if you'd like either of these funding processes explained to you. So thanks for stopping by to listen to today's episode on the very unlikely positive relationship between ADHD and mindfulness practice and the impact that my program has had on these kids who are presenting with some of the difficulties um, of ADHD. It really is a fantastic therapy option. As I said before, these children quite often fall through the gaps. They generally don't enjoy one-on-one therapy, but in a group environment, they are learning such valuable skills um, that can help them to regulate their behavior and manage their emotions. So this is a mental health care program. Just don't tell the kids that. Joking, of course you can tell them. I think they know anyway. The kids find it fun. It's a fun uh, therapeutic mental health program. So if you have learned something today or you found it helpful, please feel free to share this episode. You never know, it just might help or even enlighten someone else. And if you are listening via a podcast that allows you to leave a review, 
please consider leaving a few kind, encouraging words and hitting those star buttons. And until next time, may you have peace in your thoughts and your hearts and share it with others. If for any reason you have found the content of today's podcast triggering or distressing in any way, please consider accessing some professional support. Australian mental health telephone support numbers are listed in the show notes. You've been listening to the Mindful Life podcast with your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator. If you'd like further information or you'd like to connect, feel free to make contact via Facebook or Instagram under the handle Mindful Life Podcast or via email mindfullifepodcast at gmail.com.